Welcome to the Advisor Talk podcast channel. This is Nick Stewart, CEO and Financial Advisor at Stewart Group. If you're new to the show, Stewart Group is a CFEX certified financial planning and advisory firm serving clients throughout New Zealand with offices in Hawke's Bay and Wellington. The information provided or any opinions expressed in this show are of a general nature only and should not be construed or relied on as a recommendation to invest in a financial product or class of financial products. You should seek financial advice specific to your circumstances from a financial advisor before making any financial decisions. A disclosure statement can be obtained free of charge. Bruce, how you going? Good, thanks, Ken. It's uh, nice to have a bright, sunny day oh, for a change. It? I almost said hallelujah when I looked out the window before. Well, it's <laughs> nice to be able to walk over to your new studios a couple of blocks away, to be honest. Yes, it is. Yeah. Uh, uh, today we're going to talk about uh, seven lessons on volatility. But before we get there, Bruce, just remind our listeners uh, what the Stuart Group is all about. Well, Stuart Group is about listening to our clients and uh, helping them set forward their plans financially and giving them reassurance in these uncertain times. So whether it's uh, your KiwiSaver, Mm -hmm. your health, your life, your wealth management, your estate planning, that's what we're here, that's what we're about. Now, before we came to it, we're having a, a bit of a, a bit of a chinwag about uh, how volatile the market is. But you were saying that more people come to see you, so um, yep. I, I would have thought that people put their hands in their pockets and say, "I'm hanging on to this." Not the yeah. case. Uh, one of my favourite people is uh, Albert Einstein. So one of his sayings was, "In the middle of adversity, there's great opportunity." Absolutely. And uh, that's if you look at it now, there is a sale signs out there. Um, prices for stocks and shares have been at a good buying point when you look at the underlying businesses and what they produce and how they work. So people are looking for opportunities out there. Is it like the movies, Bruce? So people say, buy, sell, buy, sell. Is that how you make your money? Buy, sell, buy, sell? Or is no, it- we're more of a long term. Um, we're not about picking horses. Mm, yeah. um, I've never been that successful at the horses. But, um, look, we are looking for people's long-term investment and now presents an opportunity at the moment and what they call the dip mm-hmm. and that's why a lot of people are out there looking to see what is available how do you know what to buy bruce our position is that um we look at people's circumstances and what's appropriate for them mm-hmm. you know some people they don't have a high risk tolerance and we look at what their goals are and if they have a long-term view of things uh, then we are a very good fit for them mm-hmm. And even short term for financial planning, just helping them get their heads around a lot of the noise that's around at the moment Mm. and get a straight focus and a plan. Because if you've got that plan in place, um, that's how you succeed in the future. You're doing the right things that lead you in the right direction. Now, a few months ago, people were a bit nervous about their their KiwiSaver. And, uh, you know, a friend's mom said, oh, my God, it's gone down thousands of dollars. Is that stabilised? For the moment, it's in the last week, we had a, uh, we've come off a bit of a bump mm-hmm. on the way down. It just, it, there could be more downward movement. Mm-hmm. I'm not saying there won't be. But the thing is, if you're in KiwiSaver, unless you're planning to retire in the next two to three years, yeah. what's the concern? Yeah, and, exactly. again, having a chat to us about what your goals and timelines are uh, and making sure you're in the right KiwiSaver, whether it be balanced, growth, conservative, we have a variety in there. A lot of people just uh, 
buy, for instance, a, a bundle of shares and they put them in the bottom drawer and they forget about it and, uh, and I guess they hope that everything's going to be all right. But that's probably not a silly idea, is it? You know, let, let it take care of itself. Does that work or not? For some people it does. I was talking to a gentleman yesterday, actually, I bumped into and he was saying, look, I, you know, back about 50 years ago, I bought into the firm that was BHP mm-hmm. and I've left them in my bottom drawer. <laughs> <laughs> and now it's enough to retire yes. on. And that's the benefit of compounding and growing Mm -hmm. your investments over time. The sooner you start, the better. The other discussion I was having before uh, with another gentleman about his young daughter starting work is, you know, get free money from your employer at 3% match contribution. Mm. Not only that, from the government, you can't beat that return. It's a no-brainer. And if you're in a growth fund initially, Mm. then you're starting work. You know, that can be a good way to help build up that deposit. Mm, Absolutely. but if you're looking to buy a house, you know, three years out, say, you might want to make it more conservative to, yeah. to, to stabilise it because you're looking to use that money to buy with KiwiSaver. Yeah. All right, well, today we're talking about uh, volatility in the marketplace, and uh, that makes does tend to make people nervous. But let's go, go through the seven points. You've written an, uh, a very good article. And uh, coming yeah. in at number one on your list is don't make presumptions. Presumptions about what? Well, basically, if you try to pick things, um, the chances are it's going to turn out the other way. You can have uh, a presumption about what's going on in the market, but often the market has factored that into its pricing already. So what you presume to know is probably already known by many hundreds of thousands of other people in the market. Mm. So we tend to take a a view that you only control the things that you can control. Yeah. You don't tend to speculate on things. Mm. That, that's a risky business. You just tend to stick to your plan of how you're investing, uh, whether it be into shares and bonds in a, in a managed process. Yeah. Can you make money by speculating? Is it like TV? Risk and reward. Yes. The higher the risk, the higher the reward. Um, you know, if you want to go and gamble your money in Las Vegas or Nevada, yeah. then, then sure, you have a chance. Mm. But you know the odds are stacked against you in the background. Um, and same, a lot of people go into business mm. and set up and successful in business. And they take a real risk, a huge risk when they do that. And they get much better returns. But we're talking about not going into business, we're talking about investing, and we tend to look at a bigger, broader investment mm. base. Yep. Yeah. And you're all about diversification, aren't you? That's correct. Yeah. Yep. All right, uh, let's talk about, uh, and, it, and it is a case that when someone's selling, someone's buying, aren't they? That's correct. Um, you know, those people that are selling are selling because they have to when the market's down. Mm. Or their feelings, they've panicked and they've jumped. Yeah. And there's always somebody buying. And that somebody buying on sale is usually the longer-term investor, mm. thinking about the longer-term returns on those fundamentally sound investments in companies and in bonds and governments and in corporates that are long-term. Yeah. Yeah. Is buying on a down market, I mean, obviously it's a way to perhaps make money, but that's a bit like speculating, isn't it? Because if you buy, you know, if, let's say the prices drop by 10% today, you think, ooh, 10% down, I'm going to buy some. Yep. And Tomorrow they drop another 10 Correct. You said exactly what I was thinking. Yeah. You don't know where it's going to go, but the key there is to think about what you are buying mm. and what that will return, and is it a good price to pay now? Mm. 
Yes, you might buy it tomorrow at a lower price and get an even better return, but you're about now. You don't know what the future is because it might not be down 10, it might be up 10. Yeah. Um, so is it a good opportunity now to buy for a good return? Yeah, I suppose. Then, yeah. And uh, he who hesitates is lost, really. True. Yeah. Very much. Okay, market timing is hard. It's everything, though, isn't it? Look, if if you and I had a crystal wall, yes. we'd, be, we'd be rich. <laughs> we'd be rich. Or we could time travel. That's the other one I think of. Yeah, that'd be great. Um, but look, um, I think about the global financial crisis in 2008 and the Australian stock market, you know, it dropped by 40%. Mm. Huge. And I certainly wouldn't be st- uh, sleeping at night right. in those circumstances. <laughs> yeah. uh, not as an advisor, let alone my own super fund and yes. things like that. But if you decide because of that stress to get out of it, hey, before I lose more, this is about the case that in the following year, 2009, mm. it was back up 37%. Yeah. And then in the following you know, dozen or so uh, years, seven or eight years, it actually further grew in those subsequent years above where it was in 2008. Um, so yes, there are opportunities that occurred there. And a lot of people with their KiwiSaver, for example, that actually dollar cost averaging over time mm. because the global financial crisis was only one part of it. Yes. And so they would have been buying over that period at, at a bargain. And then other times when the market was outperforming and higher, they would have been buying at a premium price over and above. Mm. So over time, when you average those purchases, you get a good steady uh, purchase price. You mentioned that magic word seven or eight years mm. is that seven year cycle is that is that a, a real thing I mean seven year cycle I've heard it talked about for well, decades actually well, it's the seven year itch and all of these things so, uh, seven years to sell a house you know buy a house and live in it and yeah. sell it and move it on so are the markets driven in a seven year cycle or close to it I couldn't really say though the markets do get out of sync from time to time they are reactionary to each other um, I definitely couldn't say it's seven years. All right, now coming in at number four on your list, um, you've got never forget the power of diversification. And I know you guys at the Stewart Group, uh, that's what your mantra really is, isn't diversification? Whereas an old yep. guy like me, I think, oh, bricks and mortar, I can go around and see that, my rental, and yeah, there it is, still uh, there. Can, you know. That's an interesting conversation. Have you been watching <laughs> the price go up and down each month? I know, that's <laughs> right. <laughs> I did that exercise yeah. on a property, and um, it didn't look that rosy, no. to be honest. Um, but you never know what's coming up with the spring, and people do need housing. Yes. So, um, you know, if I was to follow the trend line, it wouldn't be up. No. But I do know people, and they do need a house. They do yeah. need a place to live. Sure. So basically, diversification, um, the power of that. You know, usually when one asset is down, the other is up. And if I look at corporate if and government bonds over the past 30 years, uh, as, along with the world's shares and two indices that, that represent that, you know, most years they're either both positive or bonds are up and shares are down, or shares are down and bonds are up, and bonds are a bit of a ballast. Yeah. Um, but in 1994, they had a bit of a double dip. And if you, when I were talking, I would be telling you that we didn't have a double dip. Mm. But now we see that bonds, because we've got inflation, uh, have a dip as, along with the share market. So we do have a double dip at the moment 
and that's giving us opportunities. But diversification is good because usually when equities are up, bonds are down or consistent and vice versa, and same with property. Um, So being spread across those various asset classes can help mitigate you know, riding the big peaks and troughs that occur in any one asset. And that's the same for the world's economies as well. When you look at it, uh, they are so very, very diverse. And New Zealand, actually, when I look year on year, um, going over the last couple of decades, if you accumulate them, New Zealand's looking pretty good as an economy, Mm. to be honest, compared to others. But, man, it it is random when you look at the GDP. Yep. When you're looking at um, diversification, for instance, someone who's not a rocket science mm. scientist when it comes to this sort of stuff, like mum and dad investors come in and say, look, we want to we put our money into a good mix and uh, in these volatile mm. times. What would be a good mix? Would a good mix be a, a, a package of, of a property, of shares or bonds with a, with a preference to what? Um, look, the, we tend to be very broad in that sense, across different industries and across different shares and across different emerging markets versus established markets, across different bonds, corporate bonds. And we tend to use wholesale funds Mm. because we have people who have brains much more brighter than me Mm. and get Nobel Prizes. Um, (laughs) I'll give you one of those. Yeah. (laughs) Um, And they are smarter. And, for example, bonds, you might think it's just about trying to predict the future. Well, no, it's not. Some bonds actually can provide a premium over time, an existing bond. Mm. And it might be just because of the country that it's in. There's a whole range of reasons why things have different values and changes. And we we, um, gather that expertise and knowledge through the people we use to invest with, with the wholesale funds, um, to, to get a better return. Mm. Mm. I was just talking to my wife uh, a few days back, and uh, I've, I've got a friend who's um, into investing in property and other mm. things. And uh, a few years ago, we were talking. I said, "Well, you, you can't go wrong with commercial." Mm. I, I suppose that's not the case now, because you no. know when, when you when you talk about it, everyone's well, with people working from home, especially. Yes, it's changed the face of the commercial market, hasn't it? Yep. Um, and if you looked at commercial property at the year end. 2020 it was down the bottom they Mm. had a really bad negative year that asset class but 2021 it had a huge amount of growth Mm. but commercial properties it's long term and it's being a long-term investor yeah and there's a whole lot of risks that go in with that um, where you're building what happens to that local area you know we've seen the Hastings uh, central commercial district shift absolutely recently and uh, uh, yeah, it's, it's, yeah, it's the place to be down that end of town when it wasn't yep. ten years ago. And who knew that? Me, yeah, we didn't buy a commercial building, so we should have. Yes. <laughs> talk us to talk to us briefly about markets and economies, and they're different things. Why are they different? Markets uh, tend to be a lot more volatile and reactive, and basically, economies uh, can be reactive, but they are a much bigger beast. Mm. And when I look at it. Um, when we look at the world's economies, they're, they're changing and new forces are always changing in the world's economies politically. Mm-hmm. There's a whole range of things. Whereas your markets tend to be commodity-driven, driven, yeah. those sorts of things, um, and, and product-driven and services. And they carry on and businesses tend to have a resilience. They adapt and they grow to different changing economies. Um, so a market can be quite different mm. to what an economy is. Yeah. 
Why do markets and economies react so quickly? I mean, um, you know, if we, if we, for instance, get bad news about the pound or the dollar, uh, almost the next day we're worried. And when you mention that, then New Zealand's got a pretty good economy anyway. Um, in the in the face of what's going on, why why do markets react so quickly? People uh, tend to trade on these things, and they try to react. So people who try to trade on the uh, they will react um, to these things. I'd look at uh, economies reacting. Um, you look at what's happened in the UK. Uh, the policy of the new uh, prime minister and, and government mm-hmm. popped in there. All of a sudden, it's reversed. Yeah, um, they tried something that they hadn't really thought through, and um, the market is very efficient, uh, and it reacted very efficiently. Yeah, and the uh, UK, uh, the Bank of England, had to step in to preserve what wasn't thought about in the way of the pensions. Yes. And that's almost unheard of in their history, isn't it? I think so. It, it does happen. It will happen again. Yeah. Um, and it may not be the UK, but it will be a different economy as well. Now, the next one is a bit of a light at the end of the tunnel, and that is nothing lasts forever, which is true, isn't it? You know, just as fast as things go down, things come up, mm. and you try and pick it. The market's very efficient. It's very quick. Mm. Um, so um, it's like trying to jump on different horses yeah. midstream. It, often you, you'll miss it. So why do that? Why not pick what is good, sound investments, and carry on for a longer-term view of things. Try not to change horses midstream, you know, time things. It's about, you know, things don't remain like that forever. Things change. They improve. I've been around long enough. I've got enough grey hair. I started with my investment in Corey Wright Salmon in the the 80s that promptly collapsed a month later. Look, I've seen the 90s as well, all of those things, the GFC, and we have come back from them. And so that's why I have optimism yeah. about these things. Now, um, unless you've been living in a box, people are now seeing their house prices, you know, they're, re- they're really winding back uh, from those heady days of the last two years. Do you think those prices are going to go silly again in, in some time in the near future? Because they were unheard of prices in our, in our, almost in our lifetime, weren't they? You know, people talk markets up or talk mm. them down for various reasons. And um, it's supply and demand. Mm. Um, the fundamentals haven't changed. People's confidence may change because of noise that's around. Affordability might change. Mm. Interest rates go up. All of a sudden, things are less affordable. Property prices went up like a ski ramp. They were heady days, weren't they? Well, that's not so long ago, is mm. it, when you think about it, 19, uh, 2020. Yeah. We've gone up like a ski ramp. And now we're in a correction. Yeah, you know, um, we're getting back to the normal line of increase. So, look, I think for people in housing, um, the times will come and go for new home buyers. I can see interest rates at some point will be coming down, and perhaps the housing market wouldn't have bounced back as much. Mm. Now I've said that, it probably will. <laughs> you just don't know. But I, I th- I'm, I'm confident that um, you know, new home buyers, I think things will get better for them in the shorter term, in the next year or two, I yeah. think. But we have to wait for interest rates to head down because new home buyers are going to be looking for fixed mm. longer-term rates, and yep. our interest rates are not always heading upwards. They will head downwards at some point. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And to close off today's program, uh, you want to talk about uh, discipline and how it's rewarded, I suppose, this sort of steady as she goes. 
Hold yep. You. you know, when people come in and sit down with me and talk about their financial plan, it's about what money can do for them, mm-hmm. and we set the plan in place. And we have certain characteristics. We know what to expect. There will be volatility. Mm-hmm. It will be negative in some years when yeah. they come in and talk to me. Um, but it's knowing that we've got that plan in place and it will work to achieve our goals. And that's what we do. Stay disciplined. Help people sit in the chair when the markets go up and down. Mm. Yeah. So what would be your best bit of advice, Bruce, to someone who is a little bit nervy about um, the markets at the moment, um, even if they're people who might be wanting to invest with you? Of those seven points that we've talked about today, if you had to pick one of them to reassure someone, what would it be? It has to be that things don't always remain the same and they constantly change. And as fast as they go up, they go down. Mm. And as fast as they go down, they go up. But it's how we react And I think that comes back to Albert Einstein again. It's our reaction to adversity, not the adversity itself, that determines how our life story will develop. Mm. That was from Albert Einstein. Mm. And so it's about controlling those emotions and that ability to control those emotions and stick to the plan. If you've picked investments that have a certain return predicted or a company that does that, then you stick with it. And if we want any sound financial advice, Bruce, where do we get it? Come along to Stuart Group, have a chat to any one of our financial advisors. And if they've got KiwiSaver, come and have a chat to us about advice on that. Make sure you're in the right spot. We want a long-term growth plan for people with KiwiSaver.